Welcome back to another episode of Ballers, Beers, and Banter. I'm your host, Dave, here with me, a very sad Bears fan and a pretty happy Patriots fan. Hello! What's up? And we are joined tonight by the Little Mermaid. Actually, Moose, you're not joined by the Little Mermaid. There we go. Yes, I. Uh, it's been such a while. So Moose was calling me a little. It's not mermaid. a little mermaid. It's a drunken sailor. There you go, <laughs> Moose. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, he's been on Thursdays. I've been drinking carbonated water, being healthy, and Moose always makes fun of me with a creative uh, water reference, which you wasted. The Little Mermaid, a fantastic one this uh, this day. I'm actually drinking a Guinness, Moose, and uh, celebration. Oh, I had good. some for St. Patty's Day in the fridge, and it's been such a wild week and particular two days of signings and free agent frenzy i feel like i need a beer i need a beer it's been absolutely <laughs> nuts absolutely it's been ridiculous it's been a massacre uh uh like a, uh, i can't even believe it like have you guys remembered a free agency like this in recent history there's never uh, i'm willing to say and go on record saying that there's never been one like this in nfl history and it's due to a number of factors, but number one, the salary cap coming down right, and all sure. these people having to get cut and moved around and shifting here and there. But also, I think the NFL, it's exciting for the NFL. And the, the fact that they're dominating the sports news cycle right now, for me, anyways, like, I, you know, there's March Madness out there. There's NBA. NFL is all the news right now. <laughs> like, so I think they might start leaning more towards a player driven market or free agent market and and having players you know whatever it is they get to be free agents sooner or you know however it is to free them up more like the nba because it's so exciting so much fun insanity yeah um we're coming to you on thursday night march the 18th and there is so much action to get through before we do though we want to remind our listeners um to get in touch with us over social media over uh over email uh, and particularly, if you could leave us a review, whether it's on iTunes, uh, give us a little, you know, five star and a little rating, or maybe you're not happy with us and give us some some feedback there. Please give us whatever feedback you have. You can find us at 3B Fantasy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Gmail, and Facebook. That's 3B Fantasy Pod. And in particular, I want to say shout out to Moose, who, uh, you know, Moose has a full time job. Um, he's, he's working hard, but he's been working overtime because he's been punching out <laughs> these graphic cards. He developed, if you haven't seen us on Instagram or Twitter, they're so cool. He developed these little trading card kind of symbols for players when they get signed, traded, released, you know, cut, whatever franchise tagged. And they're so cool, but man, Moose has been working yeah, he's hard just pumping them out. He's just, that's like his full-time <laughs> job now, just making these cards. So I, yeah, I have a morning routine. I, I have an omelet. I make my coffee. And then I come and sit down. I've just been pumping out cards the last couple of days. Yeah. And they that's pretty much cool. just I, Dave and I like sending like, oh, this news, this news, this news. Yeah. This, <laughs> We're just like, this guy go. got signed, Moose. This guy got signed. <laughs> Traded. Go. Come on. Um, but I think I, I'm biased, obviously. But I think they look super cool. So go check them out. And Moose, you'll be happy to know you're doing it so quickly that sometimes, unless you're following Adam Schefter, sometimes we're actually breaking the news for people. Like my dad texted me like, I didn't know these people got signed. I'm watching your Instagram <laughs> and it's, it was news for him. He was breaking it. So that's how quick you you're, you're pumping them out. Moose. So good job. Kudos. Yeah, I'm, Sweet. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it here. There was a, there was a guy speaking of me making things. I, I also on the side, uh, he probably doesn't listen, but if he does, it's, it's Jimmy French on Twitter. I like he it. Was, he was asking people to put um, Bulbasaur, which is a, a Pokemon yep. that has, that has two cannons on his back. He wanted to put, Bulbasaur's cannons on James Robinson's back. Um, I hate to be the nerd here. Bulbasaur doesn't have a cannon. Blastoise has cannons. Blastoise. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I, I don't know these things. But uh, anyway, so... The third Blastoise. evolution of Squirtle. Get serious yeah. here. Um, so he wanted me to put those on James Robinson's back. So I, I also did that for him. He loved it. Oh, wow. Sweet. That's really good. Good for you, all right. Uh, well, we let off the podcast saying that we have a, a sad Bears fan and a happy Patriots fan. And uh, I think we'll go sad Bears fan to lead off. And uh, that's Anthony. And I'm just assuming you're sad because there was so much hype about this potential Russell Wilson trade to the Chicago Bears. And then all of a sudden yesterday, we find out 
Uh, actually, no, he is not going to be traded. And the Chicago Bears have signed Andy Dalton. It's like it's like your parents telling you you're going to Disneyland for for vacation. And then at the last second, they're like, uh, actually, we're going to grandma's house. Um, hope yeah, you have just so, as much fun. <laughs> so the line would be, I'm not angry, so not worthy of a Anthony rant. Um, but I'm just disappointed. You can't dangle a guy like Russell Wilson in front of my face for weeks and weeks and then just throw me Andy Dalton. But I will say this. Andy Dalton is a step up from Foles and Trubisky in my eyes. Um, mm. I mean, I, I think he's a big step up. More than more than well, just a little step up or a a standard step. I think he's yeah. A, and I mean, he's, so like, he's not, like when you're a kid and you try to do like three or four stairs at once. I feel like that's Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, okay, well, well, can uh, we Moose? Should we just segue yeah. this into our? Are they set it on Reddit segment? Should we just jump into that now instead of we could. later on in the episode? So because, yeah, let's do it today. On they set it on Reddit comes from user sports dude 25 and uh he's highlighting a quote from andy dalton saying they told me i was the starter okay yeah and i i've seen instagram i i don't know if it was first released on instagram but it's just a camera guy following andy dalton around uh andy dalton's talking in front of his new is speaking in front of his new locker um he's saying he's happy he only came here because they said that he would be the number one i mean it's it, it's not the worst news but i posted on twitter that i understand if you can't get russell wilson because seattle is not willing to trade him but like Sam Darnold's being in the talks with uh, like as far as going to another team, like you couldn't go get a young quarterback with potential. We don't know where Andy Dalton's at in his career now. He was the backup for Dallas when he was there in relief for uh, Dak Prescott. He didn't wow anyone. Like he wasn't terrible, but ca- like I don't know w- with a full off season and hopefully a training camp. Will he be good? I don't know. Like. Moose has more confidence than I do. I do think he's a step up, but I don't know how much of a step up. Some three, three or four, three. Oh yeah, three. Yeah, but that's your opinion. <laughs> but I'm not sure. But that that is Moose's opinion. But yeah. it is not shared by the odds makers in Vegas. No, who, before the Dalton signing, had the odds of the Bears winning the Super Bowl at forty to one. After the Dalton signing, it went down to fifty to one odds. And I have to agree with the odds makers because I don't see Andy Dalton as a step up from Mitch Trubisky. Uh, well, why? Yes. how is he a passing, step up at all? Passing wise, he's a way better passer than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, he's not as athletic, so the running will go away. But if if the offensive line, like why Russell Wilson said he was willing to come to the Bears, if it has improved and they can protect Andy Dalton, and now especially, like I think the odds should change a little bit in favor of the Bears uh, because. Allen Robinson, some side news as well, has finally decided to sign his franchise tag. So he's back back with the Bears. He's back, unless the Bears decide to trade him for, uh, I don't know. But uh, so Andy Dalton has a guy, I guess, like he can make his new A.J. Green. Okay, so explain to me how Andy Dalton's better than Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, but outside of the O-line and Allen Robinson, because those are are the same. So how is he better? So I think Nick Foles, um, I don't know if it, like his nerves get to him. Super Bowl more. MVP Nick Foles. Yes, please Super use Bowl his full MVP. name. But <laughs> my, yeah, I don't know. You take that one, Moose, because I, I'm going to get frustrated I, like, here. But that's the thing. Anyone who says, "Oh, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl," yeah, but just look at him in the regular season. He's hot trash. So I mean, sure, yeah. you want a Super Bowl, fresh legs. Everybody else has played a full season. I think emotionally uh, okay, and like so, nerve-wise, he's worse than Andy Dalton. And I don't think that's what you want from a starting QB for a full season. And I think Mitch Trubisky is not a very good passer. I think he's in, like, we've seen a great season from him, but I was like, this is not going to last. So I think Andy Dalton is a step up passing-wise. And with talent around him, like, I think it'll be way better in the passing game. So I will say that Andy Dalton's best season with the Bengals, without stats in front of me to to back it up, um, 
is definitely better than Mitch Trubisky's best season of his career so far. Um, I would I would assume I would, just by the eye test, Andy Dalton's been better than Mitch Trubisky. But that was quite a few years ago. So at this point, like Mitch Trubisky last year compared to Andy Dalton, the last time we saw him in a Bengals uniform or subbing in for for Dak for the Cowboys last year, it doesn't look much better than Trubisky to me. He doesn't not throwing away better ball. He's not doesn't have a strong like a much stronger arm. Doesn't seem way more accurate. And actually, I th- I've, I saw a post that their stats, uh, their pass rating, and their stats over the past few seasons have actually been quite similar. So, so I just I don't know. I don't. And, I wouldn't Andy, say it's a huge step up. Andy Dalton, yeah, has been in the top twenty for most for fantasy. Of his, yeah, for okay. fantasy, um, for most of his career, except the last three years. And Mitch Trubisky has only once been inside the top twenty in Out his, of four, his years. four years. Okay. Right, but to so, not even get there within your so he, first four years as but a young Andy quarterback. hasn't been there. So Mitch Trubisky's been in the top 20 once out of the past four years. Okay, so three years he hasn't. And Andy Dalton hasn't in the past three years. Hmm. So he, here's Sounds my, but, almost identical to me, guys. <laughs> yes, except Andy Dalton is consistently on teams that can't protect him. If he can be protected, I think he, he takes right. a, can't he protect him. a lot better. A, AJ Green has missed a lot of time which is why he's not the same AJ Green anymore. So when you take away your best player, your best offensive weapon, when you have such a rapport. I mean, AJ Green wasn't wasn't really involved this year, and Joe Burrow did great with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, a rookie. So Yeah, but they weren't... You know? Like, I mean... <laughs> All I'm saying is I don't think it's a huge step up, guys. <laughs> yeah, but this is... Uh, Tyler Boyd the year before played well as, played well, as well. Mm-hmm. So that was with who? You're saying with Andy Dalton? Yeah, yeah. But you, so, one of your one so of your arguments was why that we said AJ t- Green wasn't there for Andy, and I'm yeah, saying well, Joe Burrow probably did, he did better without AJ with without AJ Green. So, but he didn't have AJ Green to begin with. Like AJ Green's on his way out. Yes, he came back this year, but that's not the focus point. That wasn't the main focal point of Cincinnati. It's to get the new guys. T Higgins and Tyler Boyd there with J- Joe Burrow because they probably knew AJ Green was not going to be resigned with the team. Mm-hmm. So we're getting we're getting off track, anyways. So far, it's a weak argument that Andy Dalton's a step a step up, or and definitely to say he's a three or four moves step ups from Mitch Trubisky and, or Nick Foles. Mitch Trubisky, I don't know. Yeah, oh, big it's, time. I would rather have I would rather have someone who's tasted you, playoffs you than ra- someone who only you, dreams of the it. The red yeah. rifle. Would you put Mitch Trubisky as your if if Ben Roethlisberger retired? And they saw in Mitch Trubisky as your starting quarterback. You would be happy with that over that's Andy not, Dalton. No, that's not the question because over yeah, he, Andy Dalton. Yeah, uh, same. It's the same for me. It's the same. Oh, that's, and you know what? I might take Mitch Trubisky because he's younger and he can still get better. We've seen Andy Dalton's best. He's not going to be better than he was in his best years in Cincinnati. In his first four years, he's already a backup. That's not a good sign for a young quarterback. That means his talent was not evaluated well through the draft. And he's going to be one of these quarterbacks that yeah, just don't pa- make it Mahomes as a Patrick Mahomes was a backup for one season. So, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, let's but settle down. Backup in his first season. Who would you not- rather have? Here's my question to you. Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback? Really? Okay. Um, Andy Dalton or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, I don't get to answer. Oh, Moose, who would you rather have? Uh, based off the one game that Marcus Mariota played last season, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, exactly. I would take Mariota. Um, Andy Dalton or um, who did I say? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Me too, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has never even been to the playoffs. And he has almost a, almost a losing season every season. Um, would you rather have Andy Dalton or Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold. Me too, Sam Darnold. But but you see, okay. But Sam now, Darnold, now ask me Andy yeah. Dalton or Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> well, we we know how you feel about that. But. Yeah. All right. We've spent uh, a lot of time on the Bears here, but that's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch yeah, what I, unfolds. But I think we'll see Nick Foles <laughs> starting a few games next year. Is my point. Uh, Anthony, yeah, I, I have think, I, I have only written down only here. if Andy Dalton gets injured. Okay. Yeah. Now let's get to the Reddit. We went way off track. Um. So you guys obviously believe Andy Dalton should be the starter over Nick Foles day one. Oh yeah. Okay. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed him. Okay, they just they're, both paying, they're, paying, they're paying Foles quite a bit of money as well. I think more than Andy Dalton. Um, 
Andy Dalton came out and said he signed with them because he was told he was the starter. But news before that was that they would compete for the job. I don't know where that came from. I don't think it was Ryan Nagy, but the news before was that they would compete for the starting job. What are your thoughts on this? Well, if it didn't come from Nagy, then it's irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> and Andy Dalton would probably win that competition. Yeah, I would okay. assume so. I, I I think he's the day one starter for sure because you wouldn't you wouldn't go out and sign him to not start him. But then again, we have know. seen a Mike Glennon. <laughs> Mike Glennon's going to be our starter, and then was not, yeah. and then it was Mr. Oh, Trubisky. So, we'll save uh, Anthony. We're going to save a special segment for uh, before the next season starts. An Anthony Harrison rant. We, we've we've been missing that a PG Anthony Harrison rant on the Chicago Bears and their quarterback woes. All right, let's move on. Let's talk uh, New England Patriots here. The New England Patriots have signed the second most or in free agency, the second most money ever in NFL history on free agents. They have been on an absolute spending spree, a tear. Bill Belichick has completely reassembled his team. So he went out a few days ago, early in the week, signed Jonu Smith, a four-year, $50 million contract, $12.5 million a year, made him the third highest paid tight end at that point. And where everyone got so excited in the fantasy community, John o. Smith, yes, tight end. That's a great landing spot for him. He's going to be usable. You know, uh, people were coming out saying he could be a top five tight end. Then they go and sign Hunter Henry, the other best available tight end on the market. And they sign him to three years at 12 and a half million a year. Both of them, the third highest paid after George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. So just let's start with just those two. Um, and we'll mention Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne also signed uh, as wide receiver backup. Um, what are your what are your takes on what New England has done and this specifically this tight end landscape here? Well, I think I think they're just trying to get as many targets for Cam Newton as possible. <laughs> um, just so that if he just throws it anywhere, someone will catch it. Yeah, and we've seen <laughs> Cam Newton be super successful with the tight end before, Greg Olson. Greg Olson. So why not have two pretty decent tight ends and to we've help seen him the, out? And we've seen the Patriots be successful with two tight end sets, namely Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. You know, I don't think we can expect that because those guys you have mentioned, I think, Anthony, last time we brought this up, that those two are a special case because they're super talented. But well, yeah. and, and Tom Brady. And, and Tom, Tom Brady, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> great point. Um, but can we expect so now? Now with Jonu and Hunter Henry there, what can fantasy players, fantasy owners expect from these guys? Uh, can you draft either of them? Could you could you draft one of like you know is one favored more over the other? What do you think is going to happen? I I I'm gonna I'll stand by this all season. Just stay away from New England. Don't even touch New England. Mm -hmm. Who knows what Bill's up to? Yep. For, yeah. for, for all we know, he he bought up all these receivers just because he's going to have a strong running season. You know, like yeah. when Bill <laughs> good, makes it good, Bill makes, good blocking receivers. <laughs> Bill makes you look left, and then he goes right. You know, yeah. so I would. I mean, these guys have talent. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be balls going downfield. Who it's going to? I mean, Nikhil Harry's still there. Apparently, teams want to pick him up. He hasn't shown much, but you know, he's still a big Jacoby body Myers. receiver. Jacoby Myers, still Myers last Damian year. Bird, still there. Edelman, Edelman's still there. Anthony, do you agree with that? That just can't trust New England for fantasy. Yeah, I was going to say that <laughs> that's the thing with New England. Moose said it best. You just don't know where they're going to go, where Belichick's going to go. I mean, I'm sure these guys are going to get drafted. People are going to be excited for Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. But I would also say that these are two tight ends that are injury prone. So... I wouldn't say bank on one of them to be your starting mm. tight end for your fantasy team. I would say we just mentioned Edelman and Jacoby Myers. I would say don't get excited about Aguilar or Kendrick oh, Bourne. No, they're, no, they're just going to no. spread the ball around. and Especially not with Cam. Yeah. I mean, to just look at it in real football, it's they failed drafting offensive talent. They drafted two tight ends last year. And now they've Devin, Devin signed Asi and Dalton Keene for all of you dynasty players. And um, yeah, and Nikhil Harry doesn't seem to be panning out. I mean, Damian Harris and Jacoby Myers, there's, there's some 
you know, you can make some have an argument saying that they're, you know, up and coming and they could be successful. But I would say stay away from the Patriots, too. I think it's uh, it's wise. We've already talked about how risky the tight end landscape is, you know, outside of the top. There's there's Travis Kelsey, then there's Kittle and Waller, and then there's maybe a couple more. And then you have no idea what else is going to happen. So it's already risky enough. Do you really want to risk it on 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 the Patriots? I, I think you're 100% right, Moose. Now, I do think that Bill Belichick has a plan for these guys. Like, in terms of real football and winning games, there's a plan. But for fantasy, we just from week to week, you won't be able... I don't think you're going to be able to guess who it's going to be, who the ball's going to, if it's a run game, pass game, who knows. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you, Moose and Anthony. we got to steer clear. It also, Moose, just for you and Patriots fans out there, they signed about six defensive players to an already decent defense, including Matthew Judon, uh, edge rusher, and uh, Jalen Mills, uh, cornerback, both pro bowlers, if I'm not mistaken. And they brought back their offensive tackle, Trent Brown. So, so <laughs> it's looking and good for the Patriots next year. Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy. Oh, so, you know, when, <laughs> The Kyle oh. Van Noy, the luck of the Irish. So I, I got for for Christmas a, an autographed New England Patriots Kyle Van Noy jersey for Moose. Anthony got an Allen Robinson one. Thank goodness he's still on the team. It's the luck of the jersey, guys. The luck of the jersey. Yeah. And on St. Patrick's Day, Kyle Van Noy announces he's back with the team. I was super disappointed when he left the Patriots because he is an absolute monster. Yeah, and I am very thrilled that he's back. Yeah, mm. and you got his jersey <laughs> autographed. Amazing. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on from the Patriots. Um, don't draft Patriots. The Las Vegas Raiders, I just want to mention real quick, Las Vegas Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs, some interesting O-line moves. So I don't know what John Gruden's doing, but he got rid of his in basically his entire offensive line. The only starter that they currently have signed from last year is Colton Miller, their left tackle. They got rid of everyone else. They traded Trent Brown, we just mentioned to the Patriots. They traded their Pro Bowl center Rodney Hudson to Arizona. By the way, the Cardinals are looking good. And they traded the, their guard, Gabe Jackson, to Seattle. Um, and, and then to make things to make matters worse, it, it was already a good O-line last year. They ran the ball really well. That was their strength with Josh Jacobs. Just to, just to upset fantasy owners, they brought in Kenyon Drake. And they signed Kenyon Drake to a two-year deal. Uh, so now they got Drake and Josh Jacobs competing in the backfield. And they brought John Brown in at receiver. So let's start with the, uh, the old line things weird. We have to talk about it though. Um, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. What do you guys see here as this two headed, uh, backfield? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, Love I, it. Don't, this is like, I don't like it. No, I, know. I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I think honestly, um, I, I think they could, they can make it work. I think people have a really negative view towards this, but it, they're, they're two good running backs. And I mean, we've seen it before. The teams can make two good running backs have tons of fantasy value. Like it, it is workable. And I mean, if, you know, Derek Carr, not, you know, you know how I feel about Derek. So if, if they run the ball, if they run the ball a lot, there might be enough running to go around for both of them. But I think, I think really what people need to be focused on is not, um, who's getting who's getting the uh the targets or the or the the runs it's who gets the goal line work because i i feel like that's where yeah. a lot of the yeah. uh, raiders running points are, are made in fantasy i'll just so, say this ahead, I, I, I put josh jacobs in my rankings as the 12th running back originally originally Orig yeah. originally yeah. now yeah. i'll probably like bring up Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who we'll get into later, or Antonio Gibson uh, over him. Oh, and yeah. Easy. Easily. Easy. And so here's an honest question. Do you guys fully believe that Kenyon Drake will actually eat into Josh Jacobs' workload? 100%, specifically in the passing game, which is Josh Jacobs as a Josh Jacobs owner um, in our in our main league, he was frustrating because he'd have really big games where he would score touchdowns. And usually it was also because he had like six targets, caught five balls. And and because he always gets the groundwork. Kenyon Drake, he's not a Devontae Booker. Or who's the other backup in, for the Raiders last year? I forget. He, he's legit. So he's going to come in. He's definitely going to get third down work and maybe more. He might even get. They're like, you know what? This quarter, it's all you, Drake. Or this drive, it's all you. He's going to eat into Josh Jacobs' uh, 
production for sure, and you won't know when it's going to happen. So to me, I also had Josh Jacobs around 12. He was borderline RB1. He immediately, I, as soon as I heard the news, went into my Excel, Excel spreadsheet, and I moved him right down to about 22. He's going to be fringe RB2 category now. And Kenyon Drake, he's not the number one guy, so he's like a, a flex option now. It's It sucks for both of them. Yeah, and I would have to agree with Dave, maybe not – I, like I won't be as hard on Josh Jacobs, but I think that Kenyon Drake will be the best backup that they've had in quite some time. And I do think it will eat into the touchdowns for Josh Jacobs and the passing game. So uh, that's why I'll, I'll move Josh Jacobs down. Probably not as low as Moose because I don't think Kenyon Drake can stay as healthy Dave. though oh, yeah. uh, as, as Dave. I don't think Kenyon Drake can stay healthy the whole season. So yeah, I'll probably move him down to like middle RB two or high RB two. Okay. See, because uh, I think I think the reason you just mentioned, I mean, Josh Jacobs, he's always dealing with something, whether it's illness or you know an injury. So I think they brought in uh, Kenyon Drake for that for that purpose. But I don't think that Kenyon Drake is going to devastatingly eat into Josh Jacobs. Okay. Well, I I hope you're right. I hope I, you know what I I don't hope. I mean, you're right necessarily. I just hope we'll know. We'll know yeah. w- one way or another as fantasy players. That's what I hope. I mean, Kenyon yeah. Drake's been a good running back, but I don't think he's a steal the spotlight running back. No, no, he's not a stud. You know, he's no Aaron Jones, but he's enough to to mess things up. Yeah. Anyways, all right. John Brown signs with the Raiders. Um, a lot of people are excited about this because they believe John Brown will play on the outside, mm-hmm. and Brian Edwards probably on the on the other side of the field outside, and then Henry Ruggs can move into the slot. Do you guys see any value in any three of these receivers, or is it the Darren Waller show still? Darren Waller show. <laughs> it's just John Brown's replace. Uh, jo- John Brown's replacing Aguilar. Okay. I mean, hopefully the rookies take a step up, but I mean, John I mean, Brown, if will, he stays healthy too. Yeah, he's will just, John Brown, is John Brown yeah. going to be on the field? Like that's the, Exactly. Fair point. Okay, so, so that's his issue. It doesn't so. change anything for us for the no. Raiders. Okay, I, I mean, Waller. I think if you if you own Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, or Brian Edwards, I think you're. Go- I wouldn't go out and get John Brown. No, no. You, well, yeah, you're 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 almost happy. You're like, okay, John Brown might take away some coverage, you know, from Ruggs or Edwards if you if you have them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're talking. If you have Edwards, we're talking dynasty, right? And probably Ruggs. All right, guys, um, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I was a little worried for them because they lost both their Pro Bowl tackles, released them, salary cap casualties, plus they're coming off injuries. But then they went out and <laughs> they, they released Damian Williams, saved themselves some cap space. We can hmm. talk about that in a little bit. Um, hmm. But they went out and they they signed, they lost Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, and they went out and signed, and their center, Austin Raider. Um, they signed... Two guards, Joe Thune from the Pats, Pro Bowler, and coming out of retirement, Kyle Long, son of Hall of Famer Howie Long, and you see him on Sundays on Fox NFL, um, who played for your Bears, Anthony. And they've yes. signed both those guys. Interesting that they didn't sign a, an offensive tackle, though. They lost two tackles. They brought in two guards. Maybe they're going to ask someone to play tackle, or maybe maybe our, our friend, friend of the show, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, is going to come back and uh, play tackle for them. Who knows? But they got more online, so... We think they're going to be okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Anthony, did you have something to say about Damian Williams getting released? Well, uh, you know, over <laughs> season one of this podcast, um, Dave and I, uh, Dave Moose and I, don't think uh, we evaluate Damian Williams' talent not the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought that it was a bad decision for, like, I mean. COVID is something serious. So opting out like with family and everything like good on him, if he felt that was best for his family, but how I see him personally talent wise, I think he needed to play because I thought that by him not playing, they'll see how Clyde Edwards Hilaire is. They can, you know, like get rid of him very easily because he had a great playoff, but to me, he's not a flashy running back like he's he's not gonna be a number one running back on another team he's so uh, i mean like the fact that he was released y- y- your argument 
before we started the podcast was that oh Darrell Williams is cheaper but less expensive yeah less expensive (laughs) but um yeah I mean none of these guys are going to eat into the work of Clyde Edwards Hilaire and clearly they didn't feel that Damian Williams was enough of a talent to want to keep on the team well listen I never made the case that Clyde that they were either person was better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire um I don't think Kansas City ever thought that but I think the fact that Damian Williams got released and Daryl Williams is staying is the best thing for Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Lair for fantasy. Because I think Damian Williams, yeah. Yeah, Damian Williams it could have eaten into his his production more than Daryl no, Williams. But, no, I, you see, that's where we both disagree. We okay. don't think that Damian Williams... I mean, even, even Le- we'll never yeah. know. We'll never even, know. Even Le'Veon Bell didn't eat into it that much. Well, Lev Bell isn't eating into anyone's talent, right? Anyone's production yeah. right now. But well, it, anyways, moot point, we'll never know. I do think Damian Williams... Well, will we will up. know. Because if he gets picked up and he doesn't do anything on another team... No, because that, that, not, that, not not, that was not the case. The case was Clyde Edwards, Alaire, and him. So, you know, if he gets picked up uh, by the Raiders and he's playing with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs, not quite the same thing. Uh, but I do think he'll get picked up somewhere. Um, you know, maybe like a Pittsburgh or Seattle. Uh, Seattle loves running backs um, and he, he'll still have some some use. But that was the best spot for him. Um, so it is unfortunate that uh, he's a cap casualty. Um, but I think so. I think this is better. This is good for Clyde Edwards Alaire. It bumps him up. Anything else? Are you good on that or? Do you agree that he he got released because he he was the more expensive option than Daryl Williams? Um, yeah, he, they, they had so, to keep one. <laughs> I think yeah, I think uh, I don't know their ages, but I feel like Darrell is a little younger, a little healthier. As is it well. Darrell or, or Daryl? I, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll vet that. <laughs> Jacoba. Uh, Jacoby. <laughs> no, it was Jacoby. 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 Jacoby Myers and Abraham. All right, let's uh let's talk Washington football team. The football team as I uh, jokingly as we jokingly put on Instagram and uh Twitter. No, no, it no, it's no. the Washington football team. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But I put I put that Curtis Samuel has signed with a football team. Sorry, make oh. that the football team. In Washington. Um, so Curtis Samuel and Ryan Fitzmagic have signed with Washington. Um, so all of a sudden they went from a, you know, kind of ho-hum offense with Antonio Gibson and, you know, we thought maybe Taylor Henneke as uh, quarterback to Ryan <laughs> throw the ball anywhere Fitzmagic. And now they got Curtis Samuel. They got Terry McLaurin on the other side. They got Antonio Gibson in the backfield. They got it. You know, Gandy Golden. Is this going to be a legit offense next year? What do we think for fantasy? Nope. I'll no. I'll, believe, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. L- legit think, offense. Don't I don't think Samuel. The Curtis Samuel signing helps Terry McLaurin. Moose, you were clamoring. Yeah, clamoring no, no. I, on I, this I'm, podcast. I'm, I'm I'm thrilled about it. Oh, but, okay, uh, but I'm but I'm not. Yeah. I, I mean, there there have been tons of teams with with tons of names, tons of talent. And for whatever reason, they couldn't pull it off. So yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that Curtis Samuel's there and take a lot of the coverage away from from Terry McLaurin. Uh, you know, they have a capable quarterback who has shown even last season yeah. that, that he can he can really toss that football and 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 drive a lackluster offense into uh, you know a pretty good one. So yeah, I, I'm thrilled, but by no means am I convinced that. Uh, you know, they're going to be an amazing football team. Yeah, and I mean, well, with, I, I'm just a little surprised, Moose, because you you have Terry McLaurin in our, on your dynasty team. And, you know, all we heard you talk about was you need a second option so Terry McLaurin can't be double teamed. And you need a quarterback who's willing to, to get them the ball and throw downfield. They got both those things, Curtis Samuel and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, so am I thrilled that Terry McLaurin is going to be a better fantasy asset? Yeah, 100%. But will you don't they believe be a, Will they be a good football team? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, but for fantasy, you're you got to be thinking – like where's Terry McLaurin rank for you now? Like Anthony, does Terry McLaurin bump up your, you know, yeah, I think we all had him wide receiver two fringe. He's got to be better now. He gets a, he gets a slight bump, maybe a two step or maybe a moose three or four step. <laughs> nice. Well done. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll call it the Andy Dalton double. Oh gosh. Yeah. I believe double step. Oh, this is 2020. The one, two step. That's the uh, Russell Wilson, Kiara, Sierra. 
Kiara. Sierra. Sorry, you're rubbing off on me, Anthony. Teelan. That's that's a uh, anyways. <laughs> so I have Terry McLaurin at 19 currently. I'd probably move him up to like a 16. So yeah, like three I mean, spots. He's gonna be closer to wide receiver one category, I think. He's so good. Well, I mean yeah. Curtis and Curtis Samuel now uh, enters the helps. conversation. Yeah, he helps. Yeah. And plus, I, I believe their their history together. I think they're like a they played. They went to the same high school or college or something. I think they did both. How do you guys? Even how do you better. guys feel about um, Logan Thomas? I feel good. I feel good about Logan Thomas. So I, I had him the most highly ranked in our tight end episode. If you haven't heard our way too early rankings, go back and listen. Some things will be out of date because of the free agents, but it's still worth a listen. I had Logan Thomas ranked sixth. To me, he was amongst all those tight ends. He who are you know just in the wash. We don't know who's going to be good. He had the best chance to me based on his talent to be a usable week in, week out tight end. I think this helps him. And like at this have, point, I think I'll take him over the Patriots tight ends because yes. of both of them are there. If if only Joni Smith or Hunter Henry were with the Patriots, that would be my. I would love to get one of them, but they're both there. So it's like, uh, with you don't think with with a a better Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel downfield and Logan Thomas who. You know, you think he's going to have a decent season. How do you feel about Antonio Gibson? I feel fine. Yeah. Um, you still think he's going to get the same kind of workload? Yeah, I think I think JD McKissick's going <laughs> to might be I in th- trouble, <laughs> but I think Gibson, I think Gibson will be fine. Like, look, Ron Rivera is trying to recreate a mini Carolina, what he had in Carolina. So he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is not going to run the ball, but he's going to be willing to throw it like Cam Newton was in Carolina. He's got a great defense, a very good defense. He's got a versatile back in Antonio Gibson, and now he's got options as receivers. So I think, I think it'll still be a run-first team. Yeah, I think so. And we, I think Antonio we, Gibson will I, get plenty of work. And don't forget, like, uh, uh, Curtis Samuel is like a Swiss Army knife. He he runs. Yeah. But that's it. So do you, do you think Curtis Samuel will? No, not too to- much. Like, like I said, like I mentioned before, I feel like I'll probably drop uh, Jacobs and like bring up Antonio Gibson. I think this makes it better for him. Okay. Yeah, I see. I see good things for all these options. But you're right, Moose. Moose is bringing up a good point. He's thinking, yeah. okay, well, because because is going to do better. How can also Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas, and Curtis Samuel all be good fantasy? Well, options? I mean, for me, I when I look at Ryan Fitzpatrick. Arm cannon. I see them being a much more pass heavy team than a run heavy team. That that's how I see it. I, I'll just say I don't this. know if he has an arm cannon. He's a little bit reckless. Well, th- this he's is got the an thing arm about cannon. he he's <laughs> he's getting up there in age. We talked about this with aging quarterbacks that we don't sometimes we can't tell when their talent will take a I step mean, down. He looked like, pretty good last season, though. Yeah, yeah, but I think but, uh, I think we I can think, carry it over into this next one. I think Dave said it perfectly, though. It's like it's not a cannon. He's just a wild man and it's been working. But where when the wild man throws aren't as accurate or he doesn't have as like as strong an arm because he's getting older, like when will it fail? I I think he's I mean, on his he's yeah, older. But- so, I mean, like you, you stick with the run, the run worked last year. I mean, they weren't the they didn't have the best record, but I, I feel like having him is just a step up from the quarterbacks they did have. But I think they shouldn't go away from the run. And I don't think they will. Probably that's the most likely, but but I like Moose's version better because it's way more fun. I mean, it's yeah, way yeah, more exciting sure. to watch and get, for fantasy. I know you guys don't <laughs> think he has an arm cannon, but. Tyler Haneke would have been just fine, but they went out and got a Taylor. Quarterback. I think it's Taylor. Taylor, you're right. They went out and yeah. get they got a they got a quarterback who I deemed to have an arm cannon and a wide receiver. So you, you, know. you say Taylor Haneke's just fine, but Fitzpatrick's a, a step up from Taylor Haneke, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Is he more of a step up from Haneke than Dalton is from Trubisky? Well, we only saw like one game from Henneke, so it's kind of <laughs> it's fair. It's kind of hard just to say, but, but I'm just but, joshing you. But don't forget, uh, the Washington football team was ready to move ahead with Alex Smith as the starter. They said, but then they politely released him. Well, they said it. Hey, the Chicago Bears could still pick up Alex Smith, and they could have Smith, Foles, and Dalton. What a trio! No, be great. 
just messing with you. All right, let's move on. Uh, other quarterback news. Terod Taylor has signed with the Texans. Uh, insurance policy if Deshaun Watson holds out, I guess. Eh, eh. Like, we don't we don't expect, like, that's all he is, right? Do you think they were, like, more likely to trade Deshaun now? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's really hard to tell. I always, I have a soft spot for Terod. Like, I think he's a great quarterback. He's great. But, um, you know, I mean, he was going to start. Well, he did start for Cleveland. He was supposed to start for the Chargers. I mean, if he if started Deshaun... one game and it was in game two that he got uh, the thing, right? The lung puncture. It was a game one. Yeah. Uh, I think it was game two. It was game two. Yeah. Or three. Anyway, three. Anyways. Anyways. Might even be in three. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if he starts for the Texans, uh, I mean, as a Texan, he's fan, a good I, insurance policy. Yeah. As a Texan fan, I wouldn't be, you know, outright furious. I mean, I'm already upset that uh, Deshaun Watson isn't playing, but I mean, to have Tarod as my quarterback, I, it, it, it could be Nick Foles. So, uh, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd take, I'd take Tarot. <laughs> could be worse. Um, since we're on the Houston Texans, we're going to get into some wide receiver news now. And we're, there's so many free agent signings that we'll be getting into it for many episodes to come. But we're going to go through the big names and the big signings over the past few days. Will Fuller was announced right before we started recording for the podcast, actually, that Will Fuller, Roman numeral five, has signed a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. Forget this, 990000 base salary, but don't worry, $9 million signing bonus with $3 million in incentives. So Will Fuller to the Miami Dolphins. Um, can we trust Fuller? What, do you, what are we thinking here? Can we trust Tua to get Fuller the ball? Oh, come on now. He's had a half a season. Give the guy a break. I know, but but still, like <laughs> like, look as podcasters here. Who's is the quarterback the, defender? Like, yes, he's had one what? season and he didn't yeah. play the whole season. Yeah. But I mean, just so, so now you know exactly how he's going to do his. No, whole no, no. But I'm just saying that's it. It's just a comment. I'm not saying he's going to throw poorly. I'm just saying from what we've seen of him, if they were saying that they were looking at potentially trading before the the free agency. Uh, with uh, Houston and a potential trade there. It's like, if you're already thinking of getting rid of your rookie quarterback, it means there's something that they see that they don't like. I'm not saying Tua will be a bad passer. I'm just saying that wait and see. So like, just like the, the questions we have about Fuller is that did the PEDs help him take the step up this past season? Well, yes. I mean, well, we've agreed. Yes. Um, will he stay healthy? But that's what they're for. Anthony. <laughs> yeah, but but I know, but Dave has did mentioned, they help him stay healthy? Listen, did they help him stay healthy? Did they help yeah, him stay healthy? Yeah. So, yeah. so for his first season that he played the most games in quite some time, I would say yes. So without them this year, and will he stay healthy? And so I think that's more of the question than Tua, but I would say that both are yeah, like Tua is not uh he doesn't have a cannon for an arm. He's not gonna be a top passer, yeah. I don't think. Not a I don't cannon, think. not a cannon. So maybe we should like clarify cannon. You know, we 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 like to be clear about our terminology, like who was elite and what it requires, what's required to be elite. Maybe we should have a category for arm cannon. And uh, I think we can put Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen in the arm cannon category. That, I don't know that's who That's more like arm artillery. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's like arm stealth bomber. You can't actually no, because you would see it coming. That's he will not be in the top tier of passers. Flies. Mm, arm transformer Megatron. <laughs> All right, I'm just I'm just messing around. But uh, Tua can throw the ball. Tua can throw the ball. Well, I would say for fantasy relevance, this doesn't help Tua fantasy wise. Tua is not going to be a starting quarterback on anybody's fantasy team. And I would right. already probably it's more, have. It's yeah. more if Will Fuller is going to have significance. Yeah, and I think I the, don't think so. I think you just. I think what Moose Moose is shaking his head. I don't know if you can trust him uh, right. to stay on the field. So that I don't it. think you can. Yeah. It's and now, well, I just I I mean I've said it before on the podcast for new listeners. Just every every fantasy GM has his code. Don't draft Miami. Don't draft Miami. Oh, as we speak, oh, yeah. the Texans <laughs> have signed wide receiver Dante Moncrief, who I didn't even know was still awful. playing football because his last stint with the Steelers was atrocious. So um, I think that brings up 
for Houston, Brandon Cooks seems to be the the most relevant target there, regardless of who's throwing them the ball. How do you guys feel about Brandon Cooks next year? The same Good. as I do health. every year. It's health. He's had a million concussions. <laughs> one one big one. He's probably done for the season. So I mean, he's obviously he was obviously a guy that you could put in your flex spot last year, or even wide receiver two position towards the end of the season. But startable. I mean. Startable. He was startable, yeah. but he's uh, he's a good fantasy asset. But yeah. I'd let someone else draft him. Exactly, agreed. Yeah, I don't what know. About, I, just feel uh, like, I feel like here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are going to feel the same way you do, and he, he'll fall pretty far in the draft. And he's going to be he's going to be quite quite good as the what only. What do you think about he Kiki is, he, is, in there? he is not worth the headache. No, he agreed. played 15. Pun intended for headache. He only missed three games in the past. One, two, three, four, five, six seasons. He's missed three games. So no, how? No, no, he's missed more than that for sure. I'm just looking on uh, sleeper here. Looking on sleeper. In 2014, he missed six. Only played ten, and then I got him playing 16, 16, 16, 16, 14, 15. And he finished in PPR as wide receiver 16 last year. And his other healthy seasons, he was 13, 15, nine. Look at 13. But wait, we, yeah, we look at half good. point PPR here. So, yeah, he okay. finished 16 in PPR. But okay, well, his standard ranks are even higher. So, <laughs> so which means half point PPR, he'd be even better. <laughs> I don't know. No, again, I just, he's not a guy I want right. on my team. Okay. Fair but enough. he is a good think... asset. He's a good, he's a good fantasy football asset. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. The years, the years that I had him on my teams, he always seemed a little inconsistent. I don't have any stats in front of me. He always ends up doing well. But uh, it always seemed to be that the weeks that I needed him to do well, he he did not. He did not. That I I feel you because I did. Uh, I picked him on the waiver wire this year, and he got a goose egg, and I was like, horrible. Dropped him, and they did amazing. He was uh, twelve point eight points per game, half point PPR this year. Anyways, something to keep your eye on. I think you'll be able to get him pretty late in drafts for what his value will be. Let's talk about some other big wide receiver names. Starting... Wait, wait, just quickly. I yep. mentioned Kiki Kuti. Yep. Kiki Kuti. That's. Moose's guy, do you think he takes a big jump? How many steps does he jump? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's the same thing. He's He's been on and off health-wise. He, uh, you know, he was toted as being, you know, the next best receiver in uh, in Houston. And we saw, we saw a flash of it last season. And, um, you know, it appeared like he, he might step into a bigger role. So I think with, with Will Fuller gone and everybody takes a, a step up, um, but with Deshaun Watson potentially not playing, I think everybody mm. takes a pretty big step down. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. All right, guys, let's go into like a little bit of a lightning round here. I'm going to say a name, where they signed, and I'll prompt you with a little question, and I'm giving you 20 seconds to give your your initial reaction to these that's moves. A long, that's a long time. Okay, well, we'll find out. Corey Davis is a New York Jet. Meh. What do we see as his fantasy value next season? Moose. Uh, meh. <laughs> I, it's the you only Jets. needed two seconds. <laughs> I mean, Co- Corey Davis is, you know, again, he's another wide receiver who was touted as being, you know, he's supposed to be this amazing wide receiver and it's been a little bit lackluster or at least has not lived up to, you know, the hype. Well, some would yeah. say that that has everything to do with Adam Gase um, and his time with, wait, what am I saying? Corey Davis, okay. Sorry, was with Tennessee Titans, and <laughs> the 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 backtracking is Ryan Tannehill was with Adam Gase doing horribly. Then Ryan Tannehill comes over to the Titans without Adam Gase, and now Corey Davis finally has someone good throwing him the ball, and he had a great year last year with AJ Brown as the number one guy. So Anthony, what do you see as his value? Well, we don't know if Sam Darnold is going to be the QB yet. Um, Corey Davis, we've seen him drafted as the. Uh, you know, number one for Tennessee and for what, two, three years, he didn't do anything. So, I mean, we'll have to see who's at quarterback. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'm meh too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not excited about it. I would have probably preferred for, like, if he was the second wide receiver on Washington, I'd probably be happier. Hmm. Okay. I just feel like someone's got to catch the ball. And uh, then Corey Davis is a big step up from, Jameson Crowder, oh, Rashad Perriman. Definitely a step up, but I just don't think it's relevant enough. I hear you. I hear you. I like him. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. 
has signed with the Jags along with Philip Dorsett, um, Carlos Hyde at the running back position. How do we feel about Marvin Jones Jr. on the Jags? Who who's the number one receiver on the Jags next year? I would say Anthony. Marvin Jones. Anthony, oh who do you think? Yeah, I would to, say to, so. To start, to start the season, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's a little voice in my head saying, oh, it's going to be Visca. He's going to be amazing. But I think to start the season, it's it's Marvin Jones yeah. for sure. Especially with a rookie quarterback coming in, they're going to want him tossing it to a, to a veteran wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, they need a veteran to teach the young receivers. or Like, yeah, take take them under his wing and to make it easier for Trevor Lawrence. The alleged interesting next QB. I think DJ Chark will start the year as the the top guy. I think Lavisca Chanel will finish the year as the as the top guy. I think Marvin Jones will kind of always be the second guy. On the Hold team. on, wait a minute. I may have. Uh, uh, I don't in my head. I thought uh, DJ Chark had yeah, left the team, but, but he hasn't been uh, traded. He's still there. Oh, he's, he's still on there. the team. Oh, okay. Then I take that back. It'll be DJ Chark. Don't they have okay. to tag him though? I think they have. They're going to decide to tag him or release him. I think that was the thing. No, uh, I could we'll be wrong. Check that out because we'll check that there out was news about him almost going to Being another trade. There was yeah. there was talk of uh, a big trade. There was rumors of a big trade. It was DJ okay, Chark so, and a draft pick for someone. So in that case, yeah, I'll, I'll switch mine to DJ Chark. Okay, thank you. All right, um, Moose is going to vet that for us while we move on to the next one. So many fun ones here. Emmanuel Sanders signed for one year, $6 million with the Bills. Does that affect, I mean, Stefan Diggs is safe. He's he's going to be great. We all agree. Moose is the first one to call that. Um, how do we feel about Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley with Emmanuel Sanders there? So I'll just say quickly, we had a little discussion pre-podcast. I said it's probably going to affect Gabe Davis. Moose was saying it's more Cole Beasley. I think it'll just be almost identical to last year. Like he's not the same type of receiver as John Brown, but I think they had a good thing going with the four receivers. And I mean, yeah, I I would have to agree with Moose that it's probably going to eat into Cole Beasley's time more or Cole Beasley's production more. But um, yeah, I don't think it's the greatest thing for Gabe Davis either. I won't be I, as high yeah. on him. I mean, here's here's, I here's how I bit. see it. Here's how I see it. Um, Twenty seconds. Gabe Gabe Davis, super young guy. Both Cole Be- well, Cole Beasley's thirty one and broke his fibula last season, and Emmanuel Sanders thirty four. They're old. He's old. He's old. So yeah. I can't imagine they're going to hurt Gabe Davis. I think right. I think Gabe Davis steps up. I. I don't think it hurts him that much. I think it hurts him more than John Brown, though. Here's why. They're paying Emmanuel Sanders $6 million this year. John Brown signed for 3.75. So they could have got John Brown. They could have kept John Brown for way cheaper. I feel like they intend to use Sanders uh, this year. But you're right. The question is, will Emmanuel Sanders stay healthy and be on the field? So, And I don't know if any of you ha- ha- has it up in front of you. I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, oh, I have it. So John Brown played nine games last year. Yeah. So, I mean, if Emmanuel Sanders plays the whole season, that's just more games to take production away from either Cole Beasley or this Gabe Davis. Best, But Gabe Davis is, I think, his best games, some of them are with John Brown in the lineup. So, Yeah, for sure, for we'll sure. See. Yeah, but. we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think Sanders is a slightly, slightly more concerning than John Brown. Uh, John Brown's on the Raiders. We already talked about that. A.J. Green. Might not be fantasy irrelevant yet, gentlemen. He is signed by the Arizona Cardinals. Could he have value? Could he return, not to being a stud, but could he return to having decent fantasy value with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Uh, Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go no. I mean, like, what's the difference between slotting in A.J. Green with you know, Larry Fitzgerald was there. Christian Kirk's there. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is there. I don't know. Like, maybe they split it between the more. So I here's how I look at it. <laughs> AJ Green is, at this point in his career, better than Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, not last season, but the season before in 2019, had close to 100 targets for the Cardinals. And was kind of that big body receiver. They rely on him on third down. They rely on him for contested catches. And I don't think he caught a lot of touchdowns, but could be a big body 
in the red zone, that target. AJ Green could fill all those roles better than Larry Fitzgerald has in the past few seasons. So with Kyler Murray throwing the ball, DeAndre Hopkins getting a lot of the attention. I have said I don't think Christian Kirk is a legit number two guy. I think he's a, he's a speedster. He's got some some serious talent. Um, I, I really think AJ Green could be relevant again. I think he could enter the the flex category. You know, that's my take. I don't know. I I feel no. I feel the sentiment, but he's he's also in the oh yeah, category. Yeah, I will I will finish it by saying I don't want to draft him. I just think he could end up there. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, I'd, uh, I might, I'd rather draft Gabe Davis, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, and like, it's who knows what's going to happen with the Cardinals. Like even uh, the whole thing with Dan Arnold last season, where they just trying to force feed it to Dan Arnold. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Fair enough. All right. That's uh that's pretty good for receivers. Let's get into some running backs. Namely, we already talked about Carlos Hyde on the Jags. That's uh, well, who's going to be taking. Yeah. Well, we mentioned him. That's who's going to be taking the or that's who's going to be competing with James Robinson for time. Is this best case scenario for James Robinson? Does it help him? Does it make it worse? What do we What are we thinking here? Um, I mean, just going by what we saw from him in Seattle, I mean, I, I'm not worried about him taking too much work away from James Robinson. I think he's a good backup for him. Um, but I, I'm still full systems go with James Robinson. Yeah, I think it's just I... a de- it's just a depth move. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, so. I was a bit. I don't know if I was a bit higher. I think we were all a little bit higher on James Robinson than some other experts in the field that I've heard. So for where I had him, I might move him down. Like I had him borderline RB one. To me, he's he's an RB two now and like this is saying something because he finished the year i think rb5 or 6 on the season last year yeah and so it's quite a step down to say he's going to be an rb2 but i think that's where i see him he's probably another guy that i'm moving up because of like the jacobs news and maybe maybe uh i know we're going to get into it but uh your boy jt jt well here it is guys here's the next two big ones that i see is uh, Marlon Mack re-signs with the Colts, coming off a torn Achilles. And Jamal Williams has signed with the Lions. So this affects two sophomore running backs heading into 2021 season. And that is Jonathan Taylor, who a lot of people are very high on for next season, including yours truly. And DeAndre Swift of the Lions. Who does this hurt more? Marlon Mack signing with the Colts? Is, it hurt, is, is Jonathan Taylor hurt more by that? Or is Swift hurt more by Jamal Williams signing with the Lions? I think Marlon Mack hurts J- uh, Jonathan Taylor more, but I think, okay, I got to try and word this properly. Yeah. I think Jonathan <laughs> Taylor is more talented than than uh, DeAndre Swift. Um, I think he's already established. He is established as the RB1, and I mean DeAndre Swift is by default that guy because carrier johnson's not going to cut it but i would say that jamal williams is like i I, i'm a little line back yeah i'm a little bit of a truther for him i think he could be productive like i said if Aaron jones didn't resign with uh green bay if it was him and aj Dillon, i think he would be a good option on your fantasy team Mm -hmm. so i mean i think it does hurt deandre swift more but i think marlon mack is more talented than Jamal Williams and like your Damian Williams argument for possibly hurting Clyde uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Um, I think Marlon Mack is actually talented. We saw production from him before he got injured. And I had said that last great. year. He was great before that, he got injured. Yeah. And I said that last year that if he's healthy, he will definitely eat into JT's work. And I think it will happen again if he stays healthy. Moose? Who's worse? I don't think Marlon Mack's going to eat in that much. Is that because he's coming off a torn Achilles and he just won't be quite the back that he was before? I mean, he's he's only really had a very small sample size. And I mean, Jay- I, think had, I think he had back-to-back 1,000-yard all-purpose, all-purpose 1,000-yard season. Marlon Mack? Yeah. Yep. All, all-purpose yards. So receiving and rushing totaled 1,000, I think, in back-to-back seasons. I will on a very search good this. Team. 
Yeah, if we could. Uh... So he's decent, but, but I, that no, I, I, I don't ten... think so. I don't think JTT is a, is a bell cow back. He's gonna get he's gonna get plenty. I don't think you have to worry about Marlon Mack all that much. I I would be more worried as the Swift owner. Oh yeah, because uh, if I remember, Swift is a bit of a smaller back, shifty. So you know he'll he'll get a lot of runs, but Jamal uh, Jamal Williams is going to eat up in the red zone for sure. Yes, and I think Jamal Williams is very is potentially very underrated, playing behind Aaron Jones. They he got some opportunity, but not he never saw a huge role. I think he's going to have a bigger role on Detroit, and he's versatile. He can he can catch passes. He can run up the middle. He can run outside. He can be red zone guy. So it is more concerning for DeAndre Swift for me on a much worse team, the Lions, than the Indianapolis Colts. The, the thing that you can take solace in with Jonathan Taylor is the Colts have a great team and a really good O-line, and you know what their game plan is. With the Lions, we don't know what kind of a mess that team's going to be. We don't know what their game plan is, and they're likely going to be, no matter how, how much they improve, likely playing from behind a lot, which would mean, to me, it would mean... You know, is Swift going to be the pass catching guy or is it going to be Jamal Williams? Uh, I don't know. Risky. So, yeah. So, I'd here, Marl. You yeah, go ahead. Uh, the Marlon Mack stats. So, t- 2019, he had th- 1,091 yards, eight touchdowns, barely any receiving yards. And then the year before was 908 uh, yards and nine touchdowns. So, and almost no, like only 103 receiving yards. So, he's a so ground and back. Thousand, yeah. Basically, yeah. all rushing back to back thousand yards nine and eight touchdowns so i think it hurts jonathan taylor for sure in like jonathan taylor is a ground and pound marlon max yeah i know but jonathan taylor is a ground and pound type guy and it seems like marlon mack is just he's not as big for sure but it's like it'll take away from the tds i think it might but i i still think he'll be he'll be just fine they both make their they both get their work done from the ground and not from the receiving game so it's kind of i just think you you don't you don't go draft a guy like JTT, um, if you weren't going to use him, Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Like and if you if you were if you were happy right. with your back to back season of Marlon Mack, you you wouldn't go get JTT, but they did, and they're going to use him. Yeah, for and sure, for sure. I we saw at points uh, Jordan Wilkins come in in relief yeah. of of Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. We've seen. I think it's Jonathan Williams in that backfield and Naheem Hines, who's still there. So I think we saw some Jonathan, annoying games from Jonathan yes, Taylor. Yes, yes. But that was early, that was the first half of the season. The back half of the season, it was quite clear. Jonathan Taylor's the the first and second down guy. He's the red zone guy, and he's kind of the bell cow back. Naheem Hines had his production went and his opportunities went way down the back half of the season. I still think we'll see Hines for some pass catching duties, and we'll see Marlon Mack come in every now and then, but I think Jonathan Taylor will be a reliable RB one week to week. And uh, I will I, drop him a couple spots. I want to, I want to go back to Carlos Hyde. Mm. Um, I was just looking at his, at his fantasy rankings um, in his seven years. He's only been inside the top 20 twice. So I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not, you're right. He's not a, he's not a stud, but he did eat into, to, and it's Chris Carson, so take it for what it's worth. But he ate into Chris Carson's production last year a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I wouldn't say he like. Yeah, I think it wasn't, it wasn't to a point yeah. where you're like, oh my god, Chris Carson's playing. I mean, oh, oh, Carlos Hyde's playing. My Chris Carson points. Well, it was more like, oh my god, Chris Carson's hurt, <laughs> or is is he yeah, gonna play? Yeah, but that's yeah. different. That's Root a different story. Right. That is different. That is different. But you know, the fact that the GM said we're looking for competition in the running back room and then they bring in a veteran presence you know it might hurt him a little bit but you're right i think if anything the veteran presence is is to just give james robinson some veteran presence so out of all three of those guys then james robinson deandre swift jonathan taylor and those backup signings or re-signings rank them for who's safest safest yeah uh James Robinson, JTT, and Swift. Yeah. That order? Okay. We haven't seen Carlos Hyde supersede anyone. Like, when he went to the Seahawks, it's like... The Texans, he was pretty good. I think he had 1,000 yards on the Texans. 
He but it was because it. of in, it was because of injuries too. He did, but he was the he was the running back thirty one in yeah. full PPR, twenty third in standard full PPR. Yeah, yeah. So he was like an RB two. Is there something other than like well PPR is that's just full PPR? Is it's it's point per reception? Yeah, I guess some people just say full. They say full, and they say half. <laughs> okay. Because PPR, you could it's be point, referencing half or reception. Yeah. yeah. You put the half to say I, a half I, point I per reception. Moose, you're right. You're yeah. right. It's just what people do. It's just because you me. keep saying it. Every time I say PPR, you. you keep going half, full. <laughs> it, you got to differentiate for the listeners, you know? But the, differ- the differentiation is saying half. I, I get it, but I don't know if everyone else gets it. Well, okay. You know, we're trying to be beginner friendly. Guys, what have you been drinking? <laughs> I finished my Guinness. It is done. Done, diddly done in my Tofino Brewing Company glass. Shout out. What have you guys been up to? I had, I had the last of the harps. Another classic Irish beer. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Well, it's leftovers from St. Patrick's Day. Attaboy. Attaboy. I thought I needed eight cans of beer for, for St. Patrick's Day. Turns, <laughs> well, turns out I just needed four Guinness. It's a good thought. And, it's like uh, uh, bringing in a third running back. You're not sure you'll need it, but it's good to have it. Yeah. They, I, yeah. I had brought in the harps. Because I thought the Guinness needed competition. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And for me, I'm drinking a Cronenberg 1664. A classic. They yeah. used to that used to be the beer on tap at the West Island uh, Golf Dome, I believe. I think. Uh, I think a lot of places probably had it on tap. You, you know what, Moose? You're right. <laughs> but that's one that I recall. All Where's right. it from? I forget. I think it's, it's it's Belgian or French. France. Could be Danish, it's from French. France. Oh, oui, oui, voilà. Voilà. Merci beaucoup. I think that does it for this episode, guys. You have any words of wisdom, quick, before we leave? Um, I don't know. Just I hope everybody has enjoyed the uh, the wild free agency. It ain't yeah, finished. The madness. <laughs> and it is, finished. It's not done. That's what, Still to be signed. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Go ahead, Miss. Uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Chris Carson. Uh, Chris Carson. Uh, James Conner still out there. There's actually a couple of big names that uh, are still out. Well, not like huge names, but uh, I was going through a list of of running backs, and there's there was still quite a few. So uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll get that going on on Sunday once we Todd once Gurley, we, if you factor him in. Yeah, Philip Lindsay has now become available. Is now a free agent. Yep. So we'll so see. Uh, if you want to be kept up to date on some of these signings, and and please go check out Three B Fantasy Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, for feedback and drop a comment. Drop a comment. Drop a like. Let's get into a conversation. We'll, we'll we'll respond. We'll be quick to to get into the conversation with you on how you feel about these signings. Yeah, and uh, Sunday maybe maybe we list we list the remainders. Mm-hmm. Well, Sunday, we're going to get into... I'm sure a lot of these people will be signed by by Sunday. So I'm That's looking forward to discussing where Kenny Galladay and Juju are. It's going to be awesome. Okay. That's it. Well, from one mediocre Pittsburgh Steelers fan, one happy Patriots fan, one very sad Bears fan, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Ciao.